The Dory Monson Show on Cairo Radio. This is The Big Lead. Coming to you from the Curtis Subaru Studio. Welcome. Welcome to the weekend. Cold, maybe more snow. That's exciting news. Although it's not going to stick around long. But it's still exciting. It's beautiful. Uh, glad you can be with us this Friday afternoon. Very busy news day that we have ahead for you, including uh, an advisor to both Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. So he has been on both sides of the presidential pursuit, and both of them were winning ones. Dick Morris, he's going to talk about what he thinks is coming in the Republican Party, who's going to run against the Republican. We'll talk to Dick Morris coming up at one thirty this afternoon. And then I'm very excited about this at 12.30 this afternoon. A couple of days ago, I had seen a, a national story that had a map of the country. And in the map, it showed state by state what the kangaroo laws are. And what I found was that three states in America, you can own a kangaroo without a permit. And then there are 10 states where you can own a kangaroo if you have a permit. And I thought, well, this would be perfect. You know, my, my girls were always asking, Dad, just give us a list of what you want for Christmas because we never know what to buy you. And I'm thinking, well, maybe I should put a kangaroo at the top of my list. And so uh, after I was talking about this a couple of days ago, uh, a guy who has a kangaroo farm out in Arlington contacted us and I've got a bunch of questions for the man. So uh, a kangaroo farmer is going to join me at 1230. And I'll uh, see if I can pursue my uh, my lifelong dream of owning a kangaroo. Actually, I've only had the dream for two days since I saw that map of America. But still, a dream's a dream. And a kid can dream, can't he? So yeah, three states you don't need a permit. Ten states you can have a kangaroo without a permit. And then in... Uh, What'd that be? Thirty-seven jack-booted thug states. You can't have a kangaroo at all. That's not the America I know. That could only happen in Biden's America. All right. With all of that as mere prelude, let's get right to the big lead. The big lead. Top story. I've noticed something interesting in the coverage of a horribly tragic story that uh, everybody heard about a couple of nights ago. At a barber shop in Puyallup, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, a couple of evenings ago, a 43-year-old barber, the proprietor of this shop, he had an 8-year-old boy in his barber chair just giving the kid a haircut. And that's when somebody walked in and opened fire, shot and killed the barber at point-blank range. Uh, not only was the eight-year-old child in the chair, but there were seven other witnesses, we're told, in this barber shop. It's a multi-chair barber shop. So uh, the police say that they believe this was a targeted killing, but they have not found the killer, nor have they released much information about the suspect. Uh, Fox 13 was down there yesterday at this Puyallup barber shop, and a resident said that he knew this barber who was shot and killed. He was just 
always had a grin on his face. Greet anybody that walked by. And these stories are just all too common. It's unbelievable that somebody would come by and want to hurt somebody like that. What the hell's gone wrong with our country? And the police say they do believe that this was a targeted murder. During the course of the investigation, we learned that uh, this appears to be a targeted incident in terms of the suspect walked into the business. It does not appear that the motive was robbery. Of course, that's one of the primary focuses of our investigation. Okay, so that's what we know. So now there's a killer on the loose. And the police have said that they would like the public's help in finding this killer. But I've noticed something quite odd in how they're trying to enlist the public's help. Again, here's a clip from Fox 13. Police described the suspect as a male, five foot eight, who ran away from the scene wearing black jacket, black jeans, and possibly a mask. Okay. A man, five foot eight, black jacket, black jeans, possibly a mask. I'm not sure what that means. There were eight witnesses, so I don't know what possibly a mask means. But this seems to be, as they went to all the TV stations, uh, because they said, we want the public's help in finding this guy. Here's King Five. They're describing that person as around 5'8", wearing all dark clothing. 5'8", all dark clothing. Como Four. Police described the suspect as a man about 5'8", wearing all dark clothing, seen running from the business at the time. If you were driving through town and somebody in dark clothing happened to cross the street uh, at around that time, let us know, because that'll be another point of reference for us to go look for video evidence. Okay, so if you saw a man about 5'8", wearing dark clothing, let the police know. The part of this that is missing, and I, I do not know the answer to this question, but do we know anything else about the suspect? Is, is it a white guy? Is it a black guy? Is it a Hispanic guy? Is it an Asian guy? I don't know. And I, I don't know why they won't release that information. If they're telling people, be on the lookout for a 5'8 man, well, there would seem to be ways to narrow it down. Uh, they... Have not said if they have surveillance video in the shop, but they do say they had eight witnesses. They say possibly a mask. I don't know. I mean, either you have a mask or you don't have a mask. And I'm wondering if they're saying possibly a mask because then the police can say, well, that's why we're not releasing anything about if it's a white guy or a black guy or a Hispanic guy or an Asian guy. Uh, because he might have had a mask, so we don't know. But they know if he had a mask from all the witnesses. So I don't know why they're not releasing this if there's a manhunt for a murderer. But we see this all the time, that they say they want the public's help, but then they withhold information. Let me give you a little compare and contrast on this. There was a bad incident, but not nearly as tragic as the murder of this barber. But there was a uh, state playoff football game last weekend between Bellevue High School and Yelm. Yelm beat Bellevue. After the game, a Bellevue fan wearing a Bellevue High School sweatshirt allegedly assaulted one of the Yelm coaches, punched him. Well, somebody got a picture 
of this Bellevue fan. There are two other people in the photo, and they've blurred out the faces of the other two, but they have posted the photograph that they have of the Bellevue High School fan who punched an opposing school's coach. And they're getting that out there right away. Let's take another look at the suspect. If you know who he is, please call the Pierce County Sheriff's Department. Okay, they have a picture clear as day of this guy. And they are posting that all over now because they want help with this crime as well. Both of these in Pierce County. Why are they withholding the race of the barber shooter and yet they're willing to post a photograph of a guy who punched a football coach after a game. They're both bad crimes, but murder is far more serious, and you would think that the ensuing manhunt would be far more comprehensive in trying to find the murderer. But they're getting more information out about somebody who punched a coach at a high school football game than they're getting out about a barbershop murder. It's always interesting to me when law enforcement chooses to withhold information. And they, they may say, no, nobody knows. Nobody has any idea. Uh, he did have a mask, although they say possibly a mask. So they would know, I would think. But they are withholding some information for a very serious crime. We'll continue to keep an eye on this because it it's a horrible story that's this murder of this barber and the poor eight-year-old kid who was sitting in the chair. Uh, can you imagine that lifetime of trauma that that child's going to have to deal with forevermore? It's very sad. So uh, we'll keep getting information out there as we get it so that we can uh, help the police in finding these guys. Up next in The Big Lead. The Big Lead. Your tax dollars at work. The state of Washington is considering what they say will be a revolutionary plan. Now, before I tell you about the revolutionary plan, I have told you many times that whenever my illustrious radio career is over, I know what I want to do in the next part of my life. The next, what I got left? Uh, what I got left? 30 years? Yeah, 30 years. Let's say 30 years. The last one-third of my life. I know what I want to do. Uh, I think that it is possible for almost anyone and everyone to raise themselves out of poverty. And I believe that because of my personal life experience. It's not easy, but it is possible. And that the American dream is still within everyone's grasp. And I see the stats, how uh, half of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. They don't have enough money put aside for three months' living expenses if they were to suddenly lose a job. That's very sad to me. Most people in retirement are not going to be able to take care of themselves. They're relying on Social Security, which may or may not be there when anybody retires because it's on a fast track to bankruptcy. And it's uh, now, now Social Security is a Ponzi scheme because you've got more people collecting than are paying into the system, and there's no way Social Security can get whole. But here's the good news. If you learn at a young enough age that if you start putting away a little bit of money with every paycheck you earn, if you can start doing that at age 20 or 22, awesome you're almost certainly going to be comfortable.
when you retire. If you start doing it at age 15, when you get your first high school job working at McDonald's or bagging groceries, that's even better because of the power of compound interest. So what I want to do in my next career, I want to work with parents and kids. And I don't need to make much money in this gig. Uh, I just want to do it because it's so empowering for people. And I would love to help individuals empower themselves. But I'd like to work with parents and kids and teach them how they can work to get their kid on a track for self-sufficiency. You know, I told you yesterday, if you uh, put away 10000 bucks a year, which is the average that American workers put into a 401k, if you put it into an index fund that returns 10.7%, which is the historical average, in 30 years, you'll have $2.1 million. That ain't bad. So I am a firm believer in getting people to financial comfort, if not security. Well, the government is now proposing something similar. The state of Washington, the legislature, is considering giving every child whose parents are on assistance of some sort, they want to give every child at birth a $4,000 baby bond. They say that this would help break the cycle of poverty that has trapped families and lift future generations of low-income residents toward a path of financial independence. They're calling it the Washington Future Fund. And so they would take money from all the other taxpayers and they would give every kid born under the state's uh, Medicaid program a bond that would be worth $4,000 that they could access when they turn 18 years old. And they say that they could use it for uh, for housing or for other approved destinations. This is a horrible idea. Now, how can it be horrible when my life's goal is so very similar to help people get to where they can take care of themselves? The reason it's so terrible is because part of the message when I do my next gig is going to be, I'm I'm going to tell every kid, you can do this right now. Every single fast food joint has a help wanted sign. 15 bucks an hour is the minimum wage in a lot of places. 19 bucks an hour was just approved in the last election in other local cities. If a kid gets an after-school job three or four hours a day, or on weekends, and if they took half of what they make in that job and start putting it away, they'd have 4000 bucks before their 18th birthday. But they would do it themselves. That's empowering. And that would create a work ethic that will last them for the rest of their lives, that will serve them well, to know that you're going to depend on yourself, not on government. These $4,000 baby bonds... What's the incentive? How do you create that work ethic that will sustain these people beyond the gift from taxpayers to them of 4000 bucks when they turn 18 years old? Well, you wouldn't. This is yet another government program that everybody pretends is well-intentioned. 
And everybody else in the media talks about how wonderful this will be because of all the great things it will do for people. No, it's the exact opposite of that. This is training people to rely on government and other people's money for them to be able to get anything. My message is you can do that yourself. You don't ever have to rely on government. You don't ever have to rely on the largesse of other people or the thief of government taking money from other taxpayers. You can do it yourself, and you can achieve the same end result. So this $4,000 baby bond that everybody's hailing is a great idea. Horrible idea! Just training another generation of people dependent on government. Wrong way to go. And that is your big lead for today. The Big Lead on Cairo Radio. It's Friday afternoon. i got to loosen things up a little bit here. A couple days ago, I saw that Washington is one of only 13 states where you can legally own a kangaroo. A kangaroo farmer contacted me. I'm going to see if it's right for me. And you. You can tag along next here in the Dory Monson Show. Tiny kangaroo down sport. Tiny kangaroo down Well, if you were listening a couple of days ago, I saw a map of the United States that fascinated me because according to this map, there are three states in America where you can own a kangaroo without a permit. And then I saw that Washington is one of 10 states where you can have a kangaroo if you have a permit, and I was thinking, well, this sounds perfect for all my Christmas gift giving. I'd love for myself. I want to tell my relatives give me a kangaroo. I'd love to have a kangaroo, but I don't know what it entails. So, as I was talking about that a couple of days ago, I got a call. Uh, this guy's been on our show before, Ray Strom. He's up in Arlington with the Arlington Outback Kangaroo Farm. And he joins us once again here on the Dory Monson Show. Hey, Ray, it's good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's good talking to you. So you heard me a couple of days ago longing to have a, a kangaroo as a pet. What did you think about that idea? Well, not for everybody. It's a very no? select few that can have them because they are, you know, there's uh, certain things you have to have for them. Okay. So give, me, give me an idea. What sort of things do I have to have? If I were going to be a good kangaroo owner. Well, they need to be enclosed in an area where they can still run around and then have a, an area where they can get out of the elements. The kangaroos like to have the heat lamps. I have heat lamps on in the wintertime. The wallabies don't mind the snow as much as the kangaroos. Okay. And, and what's, I should know this. What's the difference between a kangaroo and a wallaby? The wallabies are just a miniature version of the kangaroo. The kangaroos okay. get up to 180 pounds for the male, and the wallabies, the male, will be 100. I mean, excuse me, wallaby male will be about 45 to 50 pounds. Oh, cute little things! It sounds like those wallabies. Yeah, they're a little bit more practical because they're smaller. Okay, so now you say I need an enclosed area. So my I I have. My backyard's probably roughly a little over a quarter acre, just wide open grass that I mow. Would a quarter acre be enough for, for me to have a kangaroo? Well, yeah, that would be enough for one or two, but if, if they need an area to, to be able to run, uh, 
But they, they could work on a quarter of an acre. Yeah? Okay. And I'd, I'd have to fence it in, obviously. How many do you want? Well, I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. Yeah. What What would be a good starter package for me? Well, the, the, m- most of the time, uh, you get a baby, and it yeah. gets a bottle every four hours for the first a couple months, and that way they bond with you, and you have to keep them warm in a little pouch in the house, and... Feed them in the middle of the night, too, like a regular baby. Okay, so for two months, I'd have to get up every four hours to feed it. Yeah, usually I feed them once, and then it'll taper off. You can usually, after a month or so, you can taper off and not do the night feeding and just do feedings in the daytime. Okay, now uh, you talked about the enclosure. You talked about having lots of space for them to run. How much time would they spend in the house with uh, me and my wife? Well, when they're babies, they spend all the time in the house because they they, they um, not furred up enough to be out in the elements. Okay. At that stage, they're about six and a half, seven months. They're still getting in and out of mom's pouch up to about ten and a half, eleven months. Okay. And it's nice and warm in there, so they need to be kept warm. And when they get a little closer to a year, then they would be able to be outside. Could I could I get some sort of uh, pouch? That I could wear that would replicate its mama's pouch? Normally people have, have a, a, a pouch made out of different materials and hang it around your neck and carry them around like a little, you know, a little animal, yeah. a dog. Yeah, and so uh, it'd be in the house for a while. Are they are they house trained? Could I teach no, it to not... No, uh... they're, they're not really house trained. You stimulate them to go to the bathroom like their mom would do when you first get them. And yeah. you can get them to go on a pad... But it's not 100%. Oh, that could be a problem with my wife now. Yeah, yeah, I know. That could be, that could be a well, challenge, Ray. A, yeah, it's, it, it's a, a little inconvenient, but usually have, we have a playpen for them to be in, so if they get out, they go on the pad then. Okay, uh, and uh, for the outside enclosure, uh, how high can they jump? How, if I were to fence off my yard... How uh, how high a fence would I need? Well, minimum of five. We recommend six. Okay. Yeah. All right. Six, six feet. Now, do they? Uh, I, I know that they they're very strong animals, and I know that when they 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 can lean back on their tail and then unleash deadly kicks, right? Well, yeah, the, they do that, but the wallabies are, of course, a lot smaller, so it's not as critical. Uh, the kangaroos that I have sometimes they will. Uh, wrestle with each other over breeding dominance. The okay. dominant male is going to be the breeder. Okay, well, I've already had a vasectomy, so that shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> I think, I mean, yeah, they'll, me they'll just be, they'll, they'll be dominant the second they step on, on my property. And, uh, but do they ever turn on humans? You know, you hear about no, people who get rare. wild, exotic uh, no. animals. And the exotic animals turn on them. Would the would the kangaroo ever turn on me? I know it's pretty rare. I've heard of instances where uh, a kangaroo has uh, jumped somebody, but I don't. It's been a long time before anybody's actually been killed by one. Okay, now, when that's they're good. The kangaroos are bigger, and so it would be it could be uh, harmful. But most of these guys that I have are all hand raised, so they're pretty friendly. Okay, I love that idea. What do they eat? Uh, the pellet mixture made by Missouri the, it makes all the uh, animal food for everything from monkeys to to tortoises. 
Okay. And uh, there's a there's a food made by them, and there's an, also another one I get out of Missouri, and I supplement that with their with their regular, and then they have grass and hay in front of them all the time. Okay. Now here's one other challenge that I just thought of. So uh, my wife and I, we we like to travel a little bit, so we always have to find a house sitter because we have a dog. Uh, would I would I be able to easily find a roo sitter if if my wife and I ever want to get away for a long weekend? Well, that's uh, can be a little bit difficult, but we've had ah, people shoot. in the past that have watched them. If they're not on the bottle, it makes it a lot more simpler. It's just a matter of maintaining and getting their food and water for them. Okay, oh, that's not that bad then. And and how much uh, stimulation? Do they need? I mean, will I be able to just let them be out in the yard for a day or two, or do I have to? Do I have to be out there every day with them? Well, if you have one, after when they get mature enough to be outside, they're just like you know they like to have a little of attention, but yeah, they can sure. be more solitary too, like a cat in personality. Okay. Well, I wanted to have a good life. I wanted to have a lot of fun. Uh, and would would they be able to get along with my dog? You know, uh, I have people that have raised them with dogs, and they do fine. You don't want to leave the dog unattended with the wallaby because they like to run for no reason, and the dog is instinct to chase, and that can cause a problem. We've had problems in the past with people that have let their dogs into the pen, and the wallabies run, and they have nowhere to go, and they'll crash into the fence. Okay, now, here's the big question, Ray. Huh? They're raised with the dog. I know people yeah. that do, but um, not to leave alone with the animal. Okay, got it. Okay, now the key question. How much is this going to set me back? How much would one of these oh, cost me? About about uh, $3,000. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> the wallabies I sell for 1500 for a male and 2000 for a female. The kangaroos are 2500 for a male and 3000 for a, for a female. Okay. Oh, well, that's, that's about what I would expect. Yeah, like an like an exotic dog, you know, the English yeah. bulldogs and the French bulldogs. They run three to four thousand dollars, I guess. Okay, yeah, all right, Ray. Well, I'm I'm very intrigued. The the tough challenge. I'm going to have to sell this to my wife. I'm not yeah. sure about that. This is well, going to be a tough one for out. me. Bring her out and let her see him. Okay, okay. So uh, you open up in March, you said, and. Yeah, and, March, uh, March, and we open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March through the end of October. Okay, so so if I get hold of you, my wife and I, maybe my daughters, uh, we could run out there and, uh, and and see if they're right for me. Yes, oh, absolutely. And, you know, if you get a hold of me, I'm here most of the time, so if you got a hold of me even on an off day, I would be yeah. love to show them to you. Okay. Well, man, I, I really appreciate... Oh, and they say that you only can own a kangaroo in Washington with a permit. What's the permitting process? Well, now, I've never heard that. Um, I know California has to have a permit, but in Washington, I was never advised that they have to have a permit to own one in Washington. Okay, well, we'll just we'll just do this one under the table then. I don't want to get the state <laughs> involved if I don't yeah. have to. I know uh, Florida and Texas are a little bit more... Um, Lenient with their regulations. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Ray, you've given me a lot of food for thought, and I would love to come out there and and meet your kangaroos and wallabies uh, this spring. I'm going to try to do that, okay? 
I look forward to it, Dory. All right, Ray, it's really nice talking with you. I love people who follow a passion. It sounds like you have a fun thing going on out there. Oh, it is. I, I really enjoy it. We've been doing it for about 25 years. Good for my you. My wife passed away five years ago, but I'm continuing with my daughters. There you go. I love it. All right, Ray, We'll uh, hopefully we'll meet in person soon, okay? Great. Thank you. Good day, Mike. Oh, good day, Mike. Uh, Ray Strom, he owns Arlington Outback Kangaroo Farm, where I'm... Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it, got to, got to consider this. You know, as you get older, got to start crossing those life goals off the list. All right, love to hear your thoughts on all of this. 888-973-CAIRO, 888-973-5476. Lots more straight ahead here on the Dory Monson Show. Man, oh man. So inflation is still really strapping families. You know, I told you about the the news that more families than ever are putting their monthly expenses on credit cards where you're going to be paying 15, 16% interest when those come due. There's going to be a reckoning here in America. And it's just amazing how the Biden administration just doesn't seem to care at all. Uh, Jet Yellen. Treasury Secretary. Remember when she said it was going to be transitory? Inflation is transitory. And everybody was saying that. Transitory, transitory, transitory. They sent out the memo and everybody said it. Well, now she went on Stephen Colbert last night. What a thigh-slapping topic this is for a comedy show. But she explained why inflation happened. Listen, Listen to this. These are the people who are in charge of fixing our economy. Can you explain how inflation got so high because two years ago everything seemed fine uh even in 2021 on you and other members of the administration believed that inflation was a small risk what happened uh simply and clearly that's a challenge that is yeah, yeah. Uh, so we had a rapid recovery from the pandemic when president biden was elected Unemployment was quite high. It was close to 7%. And we put policies in place to generate okay, so she's just very trying to recovery. defend Biden Unemployment here. Unemployment quickly fell back in Just, I don't know, defending him. What is it now? But she doesn't talk so about how they dumped so much money in. Um, just because you had a rapid recovery uh, for inflation to rise very much, if at all. But... It turned out the pandemic had very special impacts on the economy. Remember, everybody stopped spending on services. They were in their homes for a year or more. Um, They wanted to buy grills and office furniture. They were working from home. Oh, that's why there was inflation, because people bought grills while they were at home. Well, they were at home because government mandated that bars and restaurants and churches and barbershops be shut, which was nonsense, we now know. But because we bought grills, no, it's because they dumped trillions of dollars in unnecessarily. I know people who were making over six figures who were getting thousands of dollars in government checks because it was not targeted at all to only the people who needed it the most at the time. And let me give you another example. So then you have Joe Biden who wanted to spend trillions on having other people pay off 
other people's kids' college loans. That was to buy the youth vote right before the midterms. And that's what all of this has been about, buying votes by the people in power. Now, get this one. So uh, I told you the state of Washington wants to give $4,000 baby bonds to every child born under Medicaid. A horrible idea because it's just instilling that notion that you don't have to work for stuff. Down in California, Gavin Newsom, he wants to be the next president of the United States. He's hoping that Joe Biden will not run. And Gavin Newsom, in anticipation of his presidential run, he has assembled a reparations committee. And they have just announced, right now it's in California, but he says he could do this nationwide. Gavin Newsom's reparations committee is going to recommend handing out from other taxpayers, $223,200 per person to all black descendants of slaves right now in California. But he says he'd like to do it nationwide. So every black person who could prove that they are a descendant of slaves in California would get $223,000 Paid for by other taxpayers. The total cost of this for just California, $559 billion. What do you think that'll do to inflation? It doesn't matter. They don't care. All they care about is, can we buy votes? The answer, sadly, is too often, yes, you can. All right, quick timeout. Check the news here at the top of the hour. And then the fastest 15 next here on the Dory Monson Show.